podcast about disasters and the music they make us listen to. I'm Peter, and I'm here with my co-host, Lee. Hello. And a special guest, but we'll get to that in a second. Bit of housekeeping up front. Uh, if you're new here, welcome. Best way to support us is to subscribe wherever you listen, leave a review, tell all of your friends about the podcast. If you think that we're worth listening to, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. Uh, we have a website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. Uh, and I think we're just going to launch straight in today. So we have a special guest to tell us about a very special part of Canadian history uh-huh. from a Canadian history blog and podcast called Canadian History X, E-H-X. So X. Yeah, X. <laughs> it, took me, it. it took me too long to get that. <laughs> so, so Craig's joining us here. He's going to give us uh, an awesome, I can't wait for this disaster. I think we've teased it and anybody who knows anything about Canadian disasters can probably guess what it is. But maybe I'll just let uh, Craig take it away. So, hi, Craig. Hi, Craig. Welcome. Hey, hey, thanks. Hey, thanks, thanks, thanks for, for having, having me. me. Um, yeah, yeah, so we're going to talk today about the Halifax explosion, which in one word I would say is insane. Yeah. <laughs> the only, uh, the only way I've encountered it is through that heritage commercial. I was, yeah. I was going to bring that up too. <laughs> That's the extent of my knowledge. <laughs> I, I might actually have a sidebar related to that. Nice. Heritage right. commercial, so. oh, we're all about sidebars. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm Craig from Canadian History X. That's E-H-X. I was being really clever when I came up with that name and I don't (laughs) know so much now, but so a bit of background, 1917, the world's at war, Uh, tens of thousands of people have died, thousands of Canadians have gone overseas Mm -hmm. and uh, Halifax Harbour is booming. It's doing good business. War is good for Halifax Harbour. Halifax Harbour is made up of uh, Halifax on the west, Dartmouth on the east, and it just actually had its facilities upgraded just prior to the First World War. So it kind of worked out really well for them. And then the Royal Navy decided that Halifax is going to be the base of operations for everything to do with uh, North America and and their Navy. Right, because I guess it's pretty pretty far east, right? Not maybe not the most east, but the most developed port. Absolutely, yeah. It's the most developed port. It's a great stopping point for all those supplies that are coming from Canada, troops, everything. Right. To okay. kind of go through uh, Halifax Harbor. Awesome. By 1917, there's fleets of ships, tugboats, minesweepers, uh, patrol ships. They're all using the harbor, and all of this has actually boosted the population of the area to about 65,000 people. Oh, wow. And then British destroyers are also hanging out here because there's a convoy system going across the ocean because of the U-boats. They want to make sure there's always destroyers with any ships that are taking troops, supplies, explosives. Right. Makes sense. One thing that they decided on was that every neutral ship going to North America had to go to Halifax Harbor for an inspection. And that's actually a big deal related to this explosion. Okay. So what's happened is all of this has resulted in Halifax Harbor's traffic in the harbor increasing ninefold from what it was prior to the First World War. So you have a harbor, you have tons of ships coming and going, something's going to happen. Right. right. right They're yeah. kind of uh, rolling with the punches and dealing with a lot more than they're used to. Right, right. Absolutely. December 3rd, 1917, the SS Emo is coming from Norway uh, and it has to go to Halifax for that inspection. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ship was commanded by a Hakem Fromm and it actually stayed for two days. So it was there from December 3rd to December 5th. It was given clearance to leave on December 5th, but it had to wait because it was waiting for a load of coal. And so it had to wait until later in the afternoon. And by the time the loading was complete, the anti-subnets had already been raised in the harbor 
So the emo couldn't leave until the next day. So they're right. already behind schedule, uh, which will result in rushing. And we all know that, you know, when you rush something, nothing bad happens. <laughs> nothing could possibly nothing go wrong. Nothing bad ever happens. Only, things only happen faster and nothing slips through the cracks. Yeah. Exactly. Take, take all those ships, start rushing. Yep. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> exactly. So on December 5th, the SS Mont Blanc uh, arrives from New York on its way to Europe. And it's fully loaded with 2.9 tons of explosives. Oh, good. Oh, uh, it's TNT, picric acid, it's benzoil, and it's gun cotton. And it's filled to the brim with this stuff. <laughs> picric acid. <laughs> I remember, I don't know if you've, you've probably picked up that uh, I did, uh, I have like a science background. And uh, I learned a lot about picric acid. I didn't do that well in chemistry, but okay. picric acid was like I've the one. I've never heard of that. It's the one thing that stuck with me. It's like Give even more volatile and explosive than TNT. 10 second sidebar. Okay. It's just. There it is. That's the sidebar. Even more volatile than... Don't mess with picric acid. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> it's, it's fully loaded. Um, originally, ships with dangerous cargo were not allowed in the harbor for obvious reasons. Yeah. Right. But because of the war, they relaxed the regulations. So, tons of traffic, high speeds, explosives, relaxed regulations, all coming together. Great. Oh, good. So, oh, good. the Emo spent the night in the harbor... And the Mont Blanc was outside the harbor because of the submarine nets. The right. next day, seven thirty. Uh, writing poetry and crying. Sorry, yeah. emo. I had to make an emo joke. <laughs> nice, nice, good one, good one. <laughs> <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> so, uh, December sixth, seven thirty in the morning, the submarine nets go down. The emo is granted clearance to leave, and it decides we got to make up for lost time. So they gun it out of the harbor. Okay. Oh <laughs> and so they're they're on the Halifax side of the harbor. They're actually supposed to be leaving on the Dartmouth side of the harbor, but they're okay. leaving on the Halifax side. Mm -hmm. So a tugboat sees this and it says, OK, go close, closer to the shore to avoid mm -hmm. any kind of collision because you guys are going really fast. Right, right. Mm -hmm. At the same time, Francis Mackey, he's the harbor pilot. He's on the Mont Blanc mm -hmm. and he's navigating it through the harbor and mm -hmm. he's watching all of this harbor traffic and he sees the SS Emo coming towards it about a kilometer away. And so he's kind of concerned. There's a ship coming towards him and he gives a short blast of the signal whistle. And that's right. to say, hey, can you guys move? Right. Uh, <laughs> he responds with two short blasts, which says, we're not moving. You move. <laughs> oh God. I think that's a polite translation of, of what I was thinking. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> got a little standoff here. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the Mont Blanc, it cuts its engines. It's already right. done the short blast. The Emos responded with, we're not moving. Right. <laughs> uh, so the Mont Blanc decides cut, to cut the engines and they start turning towards the harbor. Okay. And then they decide, okay, another short blast. Please move. Yeah. We're full of explosives. <laughs> Emo doesn't know that. <laughs> the short blast doesn't communicate quite all. Some of the nuances are lost. Uh, infer a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then with that short blast, the Emo again responds. Two short blasts to say, we're not going yeah. anywhere. <laughs> By this point, both ships have cut their engines, but the momentum is carrying them towards each other. And sure a collision right. is imminent. Ugh. Yeah. Physics. <laughs> <laughs> other ships start to move away because they see these two right. ships coming together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At 845, the ships collide. Oh, boy. Oh, man. And nothing happens. It's a fender bender. Right. It's, they kind of bump right. into each other. Really? 
So, yeah, I knew, huh. it was not instantaneous. I, and I, all I, was yeah. well, and, it was and everyone fine. went their no, no. separate ways. Yeah. Perfect. Exactly. Well, Every, everybody the, no. was fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was a huge disaster. Two ships bump into each other. Um, <laughs> barely any damage. But what did happen was the barrels of benzoil on the Mont Blanc fall over mm -hmm. and pop open okay. and start leaking okay. all over the deck and over the sides. Oh, boy. Okay. And then it's decided on the emo let's reverse course to get away from, okay. you know, the ship we're attached to right now. Oh, and then run. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sons of bitches. So as they do that, sparks happen. And those uh, sparks oh, ignite okay. the benzoil. <laughs> oh, <laughs> All right. So they should have stayed put. Step one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shouldn't yeah. have done anything. The fire quickly spreads across the Mont Blanc uh, because of the benzoil. The people on the Mont Blanc start freaking out and they start jumping into their lifeboats to get the hell off of this ship because they know what's inside of it. Right. right. Yeah. And so they start screaming at all these other boats coming in to start fighting this fire to get away. Get as far away from you can. Right. Nobody can hear them. It's there's too much noise. Oh, okay. So they start rowing away as quickly as they can. So I guess, do they know that it's essentially pointless? Like there is no way to stop this fire or? Yeah, because the, the whole ship is yeah. engulfed in flames. There's black smoke right. everywhere. It's down oh, okay, the sides yeah. and it's right. you know it's starting to get into the, the hold of the ship. So then the Mont Blanc starts drifting towards the harbor because there's nobody okay. running it. They, they try and fight the fire. They try and tug yeah. it away. But it's yeah. a large ship and the tugboats are having a difficulty with it. That's pretty incredible <laughs> of, like, say, a tugboat captain to be, I'm going to try and tug this boat away. Yeah. Probably these are the last few minutes of my life. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Like, right? Something. They're, they're yeah, probably yeah, hoping it's... it's full of, like, cotton or candy or something. Right. Like, right. Like, they don't know at this point. <laughs> it's not, like, commonly, yeah, yeah not common knowledge. Okay, but, okay. Geez, that's, like, the yeah. tugboat equivalent of jumping on a grenade, I guess. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah. At 9.04 a.m., the Mont Blanc yeah. explodes. And when I say explodes, I mean yeah. it creates the largest man-made explosion in human history to that point and until yeah. when we start playing around with nuclear weapons. It's right. massive. Holy crap. It's it's 2.9 okay. kilotons, which is, to put in perspective, uh, Hiroshima's bomb was about 12 to yeah. 18 kilotons. So it's okay. almost okay. comparable to a nuclear explosion in some ways. Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> I did oh. not know about the scale of this. No. Those commercials did not communicate the yeah, true scope. The effects were so lame. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so oh the Mont God. Blanc is blown to pieces, obviously. It's just right. yeah, decimated. Yeah. And a blast yeah. wave shoots out at about one kilometer per second. Oh. So to put it in perspective, uh, it's about the speed of yeah. sound, I think. I don't know. Yeah, like I think speed of sound was... 1300 or something yeah. and i think the eruption of saint helens shot things out at like 1200 meters per second <laughs> okay <or something. laughs> so we've got a mini so volcano it's like, it's like a volcano here. basically okay. almost. exactly wow. yeah yeah the 90 millimeter gun that was on the ship lands five yeah. kilometers away and its uh, entire <laughs> shaft is melted <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Okay. Uh, the ship, the ship anchors the the shaft of the ship yeah. anchor. It weighs half a yeah. ton. It was found three kilometers away. Unbelievable. That's like that's like literal. That's that's force of nature. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's like the stuff oh, yeah. we heard about in the in the Saint Helens episode. Yeah, episode physics six, will wreck you. I think. 
or eight. <laughs> exactly. I actually thought a lot about the St. Helens episode when I was doing this. Oh, yeah. Because it was the only okay, thing yeah, I could kind yeah. of compare it to was like this right? massive yeah, explosion. Yeah, good call. <laughs> Cloud of smoke rises to 11,800 feet. And at the explosion center, the temperature is five, like at the instantaneous part of it, is yep, 5,000 yep. Celsius. And as we know from oh. your episode on i think it was the movie sunshine yeah yeah, yeah. The, the surface of the sun is about the same it's yeah. hot so it vaporizes all of the water holy <laughs> crap shouldn't have uh, played so fast and loose with those regulations yeah i bet uh, yeah, exactly <laughs> but, the, but they're regretting those <laughs> double double horns right now yeah. <laughs> probably should have moved uh, probably should so have moved the force of the explosion, the temperature, it actually exposes the harbor's bottom to the open air. Like for a brief second, there's no water there. Whoa. And then all, all of that water starts coming in. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh. Fish flopping around. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty oh much, gosh. yeah. Jeez. The harbor floor is exposed. We'll get to what that causes just a little bit later. But okay. the blast wave itself circles the earth 23 times. What? It just Wait. explodes out <laughs> and they could feel... The blast, yeah. like the actual explosion, yeah. 300 kilometers away in Prince Edward Island. And wow. I, I double checked. I thought, I thought it was they heard it 300 kilometers away. Yeah. Apparently, they could feel the, the pressure it of it, it. that it. far away. So you're like wa walking down the street and you get that whoosh. It's <laughs> that thunder and tarnation by. <laughs> <laughs> and then it starts to rain. But it's not raining water. It's raining white hot bits of iron that are starting to fall on Halifax. Oh my oh. God. <laughs> this just keeps getting worse. Oh, they opened the gate to hell. Yeah. That again, I know I keep making the callback. You said you were going to talk about it and I keep making the callback to that heritage commercial, it, but in that heritage commercial, it basically like flashes to white and then you get the narration yeah, goes, of like, well, that's how I remembered it. That it didn't explode right Halifax, away. Cause it yeah. was on fire in the Harbor. And like yeah. that one guy is like, get the, out of here. Yeah, and everyone's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> shut up. Yeah. And then it's he's fine. telegraphing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah. I would have paid, paid a lot more attention to all of Canadian history if they had talked about an exposed harbor floor. Exposed harbor floor <laughs> and a rain of white hot iron. Yeah. Iron. Essentially, the Mont Blanc is starting to rain down on them in tiny little pieces. Oh, geez. Okay. So then, yeah, the blast displaces the water. It causes yeah. the harbor floor to be exposed. All right. of this water comes rushing in and it creates a 60 foot tsunami in various places. Yeah, I wasn't going to say starts it. carrying ships. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. I'm very, as you, you probably know, like know, if you've listened to the show, I'm a fan of tsunamis. <laughs> Bit of a soft spot. <laughs> in a completely respectful of course. way. But anyway, tsunamis it are awesome. It actually carries the emo onto the shore because of this oh. huge tsunami. Well, serves it right. <sighs> Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so you Mr. mentioned all these people, you know, yeah. fighting the fire. They don't know what's yeah. on there. Pretty much right. everybody around this boat dies. Right. Sure, Vaporized, sure. I imagine. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The crew of the Mont Blanc, everybody yeah. survives except for one person because what? they rowed away. Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay. It's crazy. Fair enough. They must have been rowing fast because I feel like that kind of explosion has some oomph. What was the, uh, <laughs> the, the, the time between the collision and the explosion? Yeah, 20 that. minutes. 20 yeah. Minutes. Okay. 8, 45 to. Okay. So, and they, they rode towards Dartmouth. So, so they just. Time. Yeah. Ah, they yeah. just booked it. And I'd be, I'd be rowing pretty fast. If it was me, I'd be gunning. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dig deep. Have yeah, yeah. some power you didn't know you had. Find yeah. it. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. So 1,600 people died instantly because of this blast. Right. 
9,000 were injured and every single building, 12,000 in total in a 2.6 kilometer radius was either destroyed or horribly damaged. Wow. So literally like, like atomic bomb level damage. Maybe not the same. Pretty much. Like spread, but. Close, yeah. Wow. Um, Yeah. This is the worst part for me. People outside the blast zone, they're watching the explosion or they're watching the fire at least. And they're watching it from behind their windows. So when it explodes, the blast wave hits their house, shatters their windows, and the shards go into their eyes. Oh, no. (laughs) That's awful. I I hate that part. I wouldn't even, yeah, that, that sounds awful. And yeah. I would have never What's thought that? of that. It's getting closer. Yeah. <laughs> Overturned stove starts setting fires, trapping residents in their houses that they can't get out Jeez. of because it's collapsed around them, but everything's burning. Right. So a lot of secondary chaos. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So right. firefighter Billy Wells, he was actually injured in the explosion. He had all of his clothes blown off, uh, but he still <laughs> fought. I assume he got some clothes and fought the fire, but he fought the fires afterwards. <laughs> or naked. Just well, you know what? Friggin no, do yeah. it. For his sake, like picture, picture like a Greek god fighting a fire. <laughs> With like a serpent that spews water. <laughs> One of those little bows yeah. of ivy around yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, no, that guy's a badass. Yeah. He fought it naked. <laughs> so he says, the sight was awful with people hanging out the windows dead, some with their heads missing and some thrown onto the overhead telegraph lines. Oh, <clears throat> chaos. So the Nova Scotia cotton mill is completely destroyed. The Royal Naval College of Canada was badly damaged, as were the Richmond rail yards, where 500 rail cars were damaged and 55 people were killed. So I have a sidebar now. I know how you guys like sidebars. Oh, we love sidebars. (laughs) Come to the right place. (laughs) So this is about Patrick Vincent Coleman, and he operated a telegraph office near the rail yard, uh, at the rail yard near the harbor. And he heard about the dangerous cargo on the Mont Blanc because of a soldier who was running, trying to warn everybody about what was on the ship. Right. I don't know how the soldier knew. I assume he might've heard maybe the, uh, the Mont Blanc crew yelling. I don't know. Right, right, yeah. So Coleman and his coworker, William Levette, uh, Levette they start, they radio the uh, rail terminal to kind of warn them there's a ship that's going to explode. And then the right. two of them leave, but Coleman decides, no, I'm going to go back. I'm going to start warning the actual trains that are coming in uh, right. because the train was supposed to arrive with 300 passengers at 855. So he wants to stop Ooh, these trains. Yeah. Right. Jeez. So he starts radioing the trains and his last message is, hold up train ammunition ship a fire in harbor making for pier six and will explode guess Mm. this will be my last message goodbye boys and then obviously he dies right that's what the commercial's about exactly yeah Every every Canadian knows that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone knows that and burnt toast. Yeah. And And burnt toast. But wow. (laughs) That guy's a badass. Yeah. That is yes. imagine Absolutely. that is some commendable like manning uh, your post to save people. That's awesome. It's it's amazing. So his message stops all the incoming trains. He saves hundreds of people, yeah. but at the same time, his message starts relaying across Canada. So it actually lets a lot right. of Canada, Northwest uh, United States, know about this disaster almost right. before it happens, so they can start getting things ready to go and help. Oh wow! Um, awesome. He was killed, uh, hmm. but. They've uh, honored him in various ways. There's a ferry right. that runs between Halifax and Dartmouth. It's named for him now. And then, nice. of course, the Heritage Minute that every Canadian kid from the 90s remembers. 
Yep. 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 <laughs> we'll probably link to that in our show notes yeah, or on our social media. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love those. It's Are a good me- one. It's, 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 it's not that corny. Like it's, yeah, it's a nice little moment. And they pay, they pay respect to it, but they certainly didn't tell me about the molten iron rain. They kind of stopped there. <laughs> yeah. Didn't get that yeah. or the window shrapnel horrors. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They leave that to the imagination. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you there was an original so, cut that didn't make it. <laughs> Just the, like the, the airs in front of like the broadcast standard people. Like, we we can't, can't we can't use this. Can you, you can know. you just put the telegraph guy in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Too, wow. too hot for TV. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so then the rescue starts. I mean, all of right. this has happened in blink of an eye. Yeah. So citizens, yeah. soldiers, policemen, and firefighters, they begin rescuing people, and victims start flooding into hospitals. Camp Hill Hospital had just been built, and it dealt with 1,400 people just on that day. Oof. Okay. And then fire crews, because now they know about this disaster, thanks to Mr. Coleman, they yep. start arriving from New Brunswick and Nova Scotia by the end of the day to start fighting these fires that are blazing across the city. And then the ships throughout the area, they begin to alter their course to start coming to Halifax to begin aiding with the rescue, providing any supplies that they can and helping in any way that they can. Wow, awesome. And then as the train crews arrive, everybody gets off the trains, including passengers, and they start digging through the rubble, trying to rescue people because the devastation is like for kilometers, so they can start almost immediately. Wow. Man, humans, am I right? That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Like not, that's not <laughs> even like rescue you. people necessarily, right? Those are the people those are the people yeah, who are just coming to Halifax. They were just on the passenger trains. They get yeah. out, they start All doing right. what they can. Get yeah. to work. The Halifax Relief Commissions was formed at noon on that day. Okay. And it was led by Lieutenant Governor McCallum Grant. And it uh, it covered food, medical costs. Uh, it organized transportation and shelter. And it actually operated until 1976, providing pensions for survivors of the explosion, especially, you know, anybody uh-huh. who was seriously injured. Huh. That, that's fast. I don't think you'd ever get <laughs> the something. The year put- I was born. Hey, look at that. Look at that. But also putting <laughs> the government putting anything together by noon, same day. <laughs> it's a different era. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like three hours after this explosion, it's like, let's get a committee together, guys. No, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let's now it's like, let's get a committee to discuss forming a committee to start appointing people to the committee. (laughs) (laughs) Am I pessimistic about government? No. Uh, (laughs) Realistic. So rescue trains from across Atlantic Canada and Northeast United States are dispatched with food, water, and medical supplies to begin helping, which moves us on to December 7th. So all of this is happening. And then... The universe that doesn't care if you live or die decides here's a blizzard oh, of 41 okay. centimeters of snow. Oh, come oh, on, man. universe. 41? <laughs> That's yes. what I heard. Yeah. 41. 41. Yeah. So not even just like here's some snow. It's here's more snow than any of you have <laughs> yeah. ever seen. Yeah. Oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> this creates snow drifts that the trains can't get through. So they got to dig through to get to the city. But right. it actually does help put out some fires. Right, okay. Uh, at, so that are raging lining? through the city. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, the telegraph lines that have just been put back up that day right. fall down again because of the blizzard. <sighs> oh, God. Winter, man. <laughs> Can't catch a break. No. No. Uh, so the death toll, we don't actually know what the full death toll is, but we estimate it's about 2,000 people uh, died. Wow. Okay. Jeez. And the last body was a caretaker, and it was removed from the rubble in 1919. So two years after this happened, Whoa. they found the last body. At that point, <laughs> you, was like the most of the recovery done, and somebody found it by accident? Yeah. 
or it, it must have been like they okay. they've cleared a lot of the rubble away and yeah. this I'm assuming very smelly rotted yeah. body was somewhere. Ugh. Yeah. Right. So they found that it. Per- person probably didn't have a great day that found that. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so 9,000 people were injured, 1,600 homes were destroyed, and 12,000 homes were severely damaged that they more or less had to be rebuilt. Many of the people who had injuries lasted their entire lives. 59 people had eye injuries from the glass shards shooting into yeah, their eyes. Geez. That's a lot of... Yeah. I remember, I meant to mention it when, uh, before, but there was a video. Remember a few years ago, there was a huge explosion in, in China. Uh, like a fireworks factory? Yeah, something yeah, okay. like that. But it was huge. And I remember seeing one video on YouTube where it was like a father, he's looking at it, he's looking at it. And then he just knew. Yeah. He just shouted something in Chinese. He was yeah. just like, basically like, get down! And like, Everyone gets down and the window goes smash, like because the blast wave came. Yeah, through. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So now we all know. You know, if you see fire, yes. don't stare at it. Don't stare out don't, the window. No. Don't no. stare out the window. Duck. Yeah. You know, it, <laughs> when in doubt, duck. Yeah. That should be. We'll start like a list of lessons learned through this podcast. <laughs> and so far, lesson number one: when in doubt, duck. When in doubt, duck. Yeah. Lesson two: kiss your ass goodbye because there's nothing. <laughs> yeah. <can> exactly. <laughs> wow. Uh, so 41 people were blinded permanently. So most had just a bit of glass in their eyes. It was treated, yeah. maybe lost sight in one eye. Yeah, right. Oh my God. Ugh. Which still, $35 million in damage, which is about $600 million today. Uh, on the Dartmouth side, 100 people died, but it was not very populated as much as okay. Halifax. So that's a big reason why. Right, okay. yeah. I guess that's fortunate, sort yeah. of. <laughs> yeah, the nearby Micmac settlement Uh, It was completely destroyed and it wasn't rebuilt. And the government had been trying for a while to kick the Micmac off their land. And they were Mm. like, this is the perfect opportunity. Right. They got them off the land, shipped them somewhere else. Now we got this land that was blown away. Wow. That's that worked out great. (laughs) Great guy. Like, hey, silver lining. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) If you want to actually, sorry, just, I, I know I do a lot of like, I'm doing a lot of in, inside references now, but if you want to, if you want a story of colonists that get it, you know, the other way, <laughs> listen to our Roanoke episode. Exactly. It goes, goes real bad for the colonists. They so. get the what for. <laughs> yeah. So the black community of Africville, it was heavily damaged. A few people did die mm-hmm. and the community actually received pretty much nothing in terms of relief funds, even though it was so heavily damaged right. because of that old school racism. Right, right, yeah. yeah. That that's, good that's old turn-of-the-century racism. Yeah. Glad that's gone, right? <laughs> right, everyone? Yeah, we nipped that in the butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so initially, people thought it was a German attack. Why, why wouldn't you? It's a huge explosion. Well, yeah. It's World War One. Sure. It's yeah. the Germans. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even when they figured out what the cause was, obviously some people still Sabotage. were like, no, it was the Germans. It's yeah. Sabotage, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like uh, with your Athens episode other yeah. episodes you're yeah. always blaming somebody right. seriously like the yeah the, the one that comes, maybe because it's another like recent <laughs> wartime one but the, i'm thinking the bomber in uh, the bomber blitz episode when hip, oh hit the yes. state building yeah, yeah obviously the first thing people think is like well we're in a war and there's a giant explosion it's got to be the enemy exactly it can't be a <laughs> ship that didn't want to move <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so judicial report in february puts the blame completely on the mont blanc captain mm-hmm. pilot and commander and it was felt with its cargo mm-hmm. the mont blanc should have avoided the collision at all costs which mm. kind of seems like what they were trying to do with the right. horns and steering yeah. away from yeah. it i mean <laughs> what what else can i do i'm a ship yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
you can't text them and say, dude, you know, there's explosives yeah. here. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so no blame was really put on the emo for being on the wrong side of the harbor, right. running at a high speed and mm. refusing to move. That doesn't seem fair. No, it does not. No, no. Yeah. Are you saying that sometimes um, justice isn't isn't right? <laughs> I guess that's what I'm saying. Apparently. Okay. Yeah. The owners of both ships then decided they were going to sue each other for damages. <laughs> okay. <laughs> of course they did. Of course they did. Of course, why not? Uh, why yeah. not? So in the civil litigation trial, again, all blame was put on the Mont Blanc, but okay. then the Supreme Court and Judicial Committee of the Privy Council in 1920 determined both ships were at fault. <laughs> but it didn't yeah. matter because nobody was ever convicted. Nobody was ever prosecuted. Nobody did jail time for right. literally the worst disaster in Canadian history. And, oh, that's you know, absurd. The 20th right. century, maybe. Right. So the, you said the Supreme Court found them both at fault, so they just canceled the damages? Nobody owes anyone anything? Uh, it doesn't actually say. Okay, in terms of the civil litigation, yeah. all blame was put on the Mont Blanc. So I imagine the Mont Blanc people had to pay the emo. Yeah. But in the other one where it kept, you know, goes to the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah. Right, 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 right. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Full train service resumes December 9th. So only a okay. few days after they, you know, there's a war on. We got to get things moving. Well, yeah, fair enough. Sure. Yeah, yeah. The harbor can't shut down. By late January, 5,000 people people were still homeless uh, following right. the explosion. Yeah. In, I'm assuming, a not great January if we got 41 centimeters of snow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Probably pretty cold, exactly. Yeah. So the city's like, hey, the worst hit neighborhood was the poor neighborhood. So mm. why don't we use this opportunity to rebuild that neighborhood and make it more upscale and a place that, you know, richer people would like to live. <laughs> Oh, come on. Was I na was I naive that when you started that thought I was thinking, "Oh, they're going to help They're the going to help them first." No. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm maybe that was naive. Nope. Where's your cynicism? <laughs> That's true. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> I forgot this is the wrong crowd. <laughs> Many of the homes built were built with new fireproof materials. Mm -hmm. Uh and it was kind of turned into a nice shopping area, really right. upscale. Yeah. And harbor operations resumed completely by the end of December. Now the legacy of this uh, explosion. In 1994, historian Jay White looked at 130 explosions and he concluded the Halifax explosion was unmatched for its casualties, force of blast, explosive material quantity and destruction. So there's been bigger explosions, you know, accidental ones, yeah. but nothing in terms of all of those coming together like right. Halifax. Right. Uh, yeah. And it, it's still the largest unplanned man-made explosion in human history. Okay. Right? Yeah. No contest. So wow. you, you know how now we will look at an explosion and go, oh, wow, like, no, it's a hundred Hiroshima bombs. Right. When yeah. the Hiroshima bomb was dropped, they said this is seven Halifax explosions. So it was kind oh, of a wow. benchmark for a little while. The eye injuries, they actually helped physicians learn new ways for fixing damaged eyes. So... Oh, good cool. came of this yeah. horrible, horrible scenario. Okay. We've seen that come up a few times too. Yeah. Where m medicine made some advances during the Black Plague. Right. You know. In these dire situations. Even though <laughs> a third of the population died. <laughs> yeah. Halifax had decided, okay, we're going to commemorate this on the one year anniversary. Mm. And then they didn't in it after that. Every family had been hit by right. it. So they didn't really want to keep honoring or remembering this uh, disaster. Yeah, right. And they wouldn't until 1967. I think that's that's probably a good idea. You don't want a reminder yeah. like all the time. All hey, the remember time, when everyone year. you knew got vaporized and blinded? Like, yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> thanks. I, I kind of I kind of think about <laughs> it a lot. But thanks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's 
Probably a good call. Probably <laughs> yeah. a good call. Yeah. Um, and then they stopped again after that. Right. They kind of honored the 50th anniversary and then not for many years. Right. Uh, the Halifax North Memorial Library was built in the 1960s and it was actually had the first monument to the disaster. So there was nothing for 50 right. years to memorialize the disaster at okay. all. Fragments of the Mont Blanc have now been mounted as memories in various neighborhoods. Okay. Uh, you know, the smaller fag- fragments. Yeah. I don't imagine there was a lot. Right. Probably not. <laughs> in 1918, Halifax sent a Christmas tree to Boston to thank them for the help with the exp- after the explosion, all everything they provided. Oh, cool. And that tradition started up again in 1971. And now the tree that Halifax sends Boston is the official Boston Christmas tree. Oh. And it's a tradition that's been going on for uh, since 71. That's, cool. yeah, that's nice. That's awesome. So kind of end on a happy yeah, note, that, but that's the Halifax explosion. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a good place to end. That Jeez. is insane. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. We've said, I said it like a million times now, but that commercial, they really, they got to reshoot that. They got to make, got to make a modern version because yeah, I had, I had no idea. Well, they focus it. on the, the heroic actions of good place to focus the guy, but, but at least mention the, the white hot, iron rain yeah, falling down exactly. on the city. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel I, I didn't, I didn't really get super interested in Canadian history until I was older. Like I had to take history in high school. Yeah. But I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. if in high school they had told me <laughs> this story, I would have snapped me out of my stupor. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop writing band logos on my textbook. <laughs> oh, sorry. What? So did you say molten iron raining from this guy? Can you start from the beginning again? <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's awesome. <laughs> did you have some music that you had that that made you listen to? I actually did choose Sweet. a song. Okay, perfect. Okay. I know that you guys cool. do that. So since, yeah. uh, since you're the guest, maybe we'll, we'll have you go first. All right. So what I chose was, because this disaster happened on a Thursday, yeah. I chose Thursday, Here's Why I Didn't Go to Work Today okay. by <laughs> Harry Nilsson. Oh, nice. Oh, okay. nice. <laughs> and I chose that because the lyrics, well, one of the lyrics are, Thursday is a crazy day. And I thought, well, this was a pretty crazy day for a lot of people. Yep. And it also has the lyric, if Thursday was a boat, I bet it would sink and I thought it would have been so much better if the Mont Blanc had just sunk yeah yeah. that would have been a better way to go for the whole thing yeah 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 Harry Nilsson's great that was my choice nice okay I'm sure you all heard a bunch of that if you haven't heard it already yes sir Uh, Lee I think you usually go next Okay, I'll go next. Yep. Um, so I chose uh, something heavy this time. Yep. Um, it's kind of hard to avoid it. Yep. So I chose something. It's a collaboration of two bands. One's The Body. Oh, yeah. And the other is Thou. Yep. Uh, and the song is called The Wheel Weaves as the Wheel Wills. <laughs> so that's kind of on theme with yep. our, over our, our theme yep. in that, you know, this isn't a natural disaster, no. but still, you know. But it, it had that element. Physics that don't give a shit. Had the element of the snowstorm. Yeah, that's true. Like if, if Earth was caring, it would be like, you know what? Maybe I won't snow today. Yeah, <laughs> it snowed that day. So. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. but the song itself is, and you know, I say this a lot. The lyrics are, well, in this case, indecipherable. It's right. just a bunch of yeah, growling. But uh, musically, it is a like sort of a relentless like. It's not super fast or super slow it just kind of like pummels forward and yeah it just reminded me of something relentless like say a boat explosion that <laughs> would decimate everything yeah so i think it works far reaching effect so that's from uh, oh it's yeah it's i don't think the, oh yeah the album's called uh, Re- released from love came out in 2014 nice there you go okay over to you so for me i decided to uh since since it's 
Canadian History X, and mm-hmm. it's a Canadian disaster. I thought I'd go for some Canadian content. There we some go. Can Con. Yeah. So it's a band that you know I love the shit out of. Okay. It's Mets. Oh yeah. From Toronto. Like uh, I don't know if I don't know if you're familiar. It's like a punk band from Toronto. And the song is Headache, which is the first track off their first album. Oh yeah. yeah and the yeah. reason uh, the reason I picked that one is first like I love Mets and yeah. I love that album and that song in particular. But it before I even knew the details of how devastating this was, um, it picked I picked it because that song hit me like this explosion because I feel like I was kind of in a musical rut where I was listening to the same sort of like in spacey indie rock kind of like mm, this is nice yeah, yeah, yeah. and then I heard that album by Mets and it was like a punch in the face nice you can get whole albums of this <laughs> <laughs> so anyway Damn. that's so that it that kind of hit me like an explosion like this explosion um, and I thought it'd be nice to throw out some Canadian content so yeah good call. So yeah Met, Headache by Mets and you probably heard a bunch of it just now yeah um, so that was an awesome disaster yeah, uh, and we were talking during one of the freezes. Again, spoiler: I don't know if we mentioned this at the top, but we're doing this over Skype because uh, Craig's in Calgary. Uh, but during one of the freezes, we were talking about how this was awesome, and we're probably going to incorporate more and more Canadian disasters. And Craig, if you wanted to, if you wanted to do it again, we'd love to have you back. Love to have you back. I, I got, I got tons. So you just let me know. Awesome. Okay, that's perfect, because I feel like listening to your podcast, and everybody should listen to Canadian History X, if you want to know about Canadian history, start and finish at that podcast, because it'll tell you everything you've ever needed to know. (laughs) Absolutely. So, um, if you wanted to, Craig, if you wanted to, like, where where should people go to listen to your stuff and to read your stuff? Uh, Well, just uh, search for Canadian History X, again, E-H-X, on whatever podcasting platform you're using. And I have hundreds of history articles I've written over the years about mostly local type of histories, things like that. And that's found on uh, Canada X, again, ehx.blogspot.ca. And uh, yeah, that's that's more or less it. Just uh, I put out three episodes a week usually and on various topics. So if you like history, like Canada. They're, they're all great. Thank you. Yeah, no, they're yeah, all great. Everybody nice. should check them out. Even if you're not Canadian, just learn about your <laughs> great North brother oh absolutely <laughs> and some of them are like are like pretty like we're talking two to three minutes yeah. is, that, is that not yeah i do yeah. a penny sized history on mondays which is like real short i can't do a long episode and then right. on fridays i do kind of an in-depth look at maybe a person and then wednesdays i alternate between either looking at canada year by year i think i'm in 1873 right now or a longer right. episode uh, like the recent uh, eaton's episode that i did that was, i think was about 20 yeah. minutes that was a great okay. one. Yeah, yeah. So there yeah. you go, ranging from two to twenty minutes. So you know, you got you got time, even if you listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, time for Slip one that in. more. Slip, Slip that, that in. in. <laughs> yeah. Um, on our end, again, thanks for tuning in. If you want to help us out, write us a review wherever you listen. Tell friends. Tell all your friends. Don't stop telling friends. Make new friends. Tell those friends to listen. Yep. Uh, subscribe if you aren't already. You can check us out on social medias at This Disaster Pod, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And on our website, www.thisdisasterpod.com. Uh, and this is usually where I give a little teaser for the next episode. Astute listeners will notice that last time I teased that we were going to talk about something real cold. There ended up being a blizzard in this one, but this kind of guest spot showed up in the meantime. So that one's still coming. But I think the next couple episodes, we've got, we recorded some bonus content that kind of goes along with previous episodes that we've recorded. And we're going to, we're just going to, we're just going to give that to you guys as like a December Christmas present miracle kind of thing. Yeah. So you can, you can listen to those and learn more about, uh, learn more about the sea and the cosmos. Hmm. 
Um, yeah, so Tragedy Tuesday next week, and thanks for tuning in. And thanks for thanks for coming, Craig. Absolutely. Thanks. Bye. Bye, everyone.